0: Just, I've been trying to buy a car for my for my daughter for months. Just can't get one. Just can't get one. Talking to dealerships. Uh, yeah, we will get. Yeah, we're expecting some cars. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have 30 cars in in two months. 29 of them are sold. Um, Good heavens. 20. Wait, 29 of the 30 cars you don't have are already sold for two months down the road. Yeah, yeah, and you better put some money down on this one if you want it, on the one that's available That's crazy Wow How much over sticker? I don't, I didn't even get that far with <laughs> I didn't yeah. even get that far Yeah And these, I mean, it's new cars, and then Used cars Used cars are outrageously S- expensive Outrageous And Out. they don't even have a lot of those
1: I know, I know, it's bad uh, we're talking about the economy on today's podcast. We talk about the new Ferrari, believe it or not. Uh, and, uh, Pat calls us from, uh, Westminster Hall, uh, which was in London, which was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, you don't want to miss a second of today's podcast brought to you by sweat block. One thing I hate more than communism. It's uh, communism that makes you sweat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're like me and you don't like, you know, pitting out all the time, but you end up doing it anyway, good news, there is hope. And it is something that is absolutely phenomenal. It is sweat block, and they're sweat block wipes. These, I was told, were for people who really have a sweating problem. And, you know, I have a little sweating problem, but I didn't think of myself as a big sweaty mess. Uh, and uh, turns out in summer, I'm a big sweaty mess. Uh, and so I use it, and I can't tell you how different it is you put you wipe under your arms with these sweat block wipes one time 6 days later you reapply and you haven't sweat you don't stink it is amazing it's amazing The French should try it, and perhaps so should you. Try their deodorant stick as well. 20% off now at sweatblock.com. That's sweatblock.com. Use the promo code BECK and you'll save 20%. Or you can go on amazon.com and get it as well. Sweatblock.com. Promo code
2: BECK. You're listening to The
3: Best of the Glenn Beck Program.
1: I feel a little unprepared for today's program. I do not know where the Queen's coffin is. Oh,
0: my gosh. Right now. Because of... Second by second coverage. Yeah. We now know that it's in the northwest corner of the bow room at Westminster Abbey.
1: Oh, no, no, no. It's not. It's on the move now. Oh, okay. It's on so the we, move.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I, that's what I mean. Second yeah. by second. <laughs> second by second. It's we on the move. And
1: I can't give you the GPS coordinates of it right now. <laughs> Can
0: you give me the latitude and the longitude? <laughs> no. You know, we sound like we're
1: making fun of We're fun making fun of the coverage of it. Yeah. But it's crazy. this is, she was the greatest. I think uh leader for the Western world of the 20th century for for mm. our society. I think she was a tremendous example, tremendous example. And her kids are, well, mm. let's move on. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things going on. I, I want you to know about um, New York has gone absolutely insane with their gun laws. Uh, now the governor of New York is banning houses of worship from uh, allowing congregants to be armed. Last week, I was in the city of Florence, Italy. Spent a week there and didn't see a machine gun, didn't see really armed police other than just regular police. Except when I went to the synagogue. And I didn't even know it was a synagogue the first time I went by it. uh, We were driving by it. And all of a sudden, there were all of these uh, stanchions out and armed people with... Uh, automatic weapons. And I thought, whoa. And I said, what, what's happening here? And the driver just looked at me and said, oh, it's the synagogue. Like, yeah, that's every day. Jews are under mm. attack. This may mean something to you in your Christian church, but to Jewish people, this is extraordinarily dangerous. But they don't seem to care. Svi Waldman is with us. He is with a New York State Jewish Gun Club. He's the founder of it. Uh, and he's one of the guys ringing the bell saying, this is really dangerous for Jews. Hello, Svi, how are you?
3: Hi, thanks for having me, Glenn.
1: You bet. So tell me what the situation is in New York.
3: So basically, right now, if you are a law-abiding citizen that went through the proper procedures in New York State to obtain a pistol permit, you are not allowed to carry it in your shoulder. You're actually a felon. Even if your rabbi writes a letter giving you consent, doesn't matter. You're a felon, so we're basically sitting ducks.
1: Yeah, but uh, Svi, you can you can hire a former policeman or or, or a policeman. I mean, why don't yeah. you just hire somebody?
3: <laughs> um, at the last time I checked, like for the for the freedom of speech, there's no need to hire a spokesperson. Yeah, I b- believe that every person is allowed to just you know speak freely. There's no need to pay any licensing for it, and I think the same should apply to the Second Amendment. Um, if you read the Bruin decision that the Supreme Court wrote, I mean, any high schooler can read it and see clearly how in violation New York State is.
1: So, what are you what are you going to do as a Jewish community?
3: Um, hiring smart lawyers.
1: <laughs> good, 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 good start. When when do you file?
3: Um, whatever. The lawyers are working on it it's around the clock. So. Yeah. I mean, for now we're doing what we have to, we're drumming up support. Um, you know, there's also this law affects other stuff as well. I mean, local, local grocery stores, you're not allowed to carry a firearm inside, except if they put up a sign. So we have been giving out these signs for stores. Um, and you have to start thinking like, I mean, people are realizing how ridiculous it is. And especially if you see the, the, the woke prosecutors pushing their ideology and, with the bail reform laws that they passed and like gun crime was like running rampant, and like people, people are starting to think does the, you know, do the politicians in Albany really care about us or they care about the, about their political um, ideology. And I think like government needs to take a really hard look and realize that they're here to represent the people, not their philosophy. And you know, the more they're doing it, the more divisive it's becoming and the more dangerous it can potentially be.
1: You know, I don't know how you would feel about this, but if if this were my community um, and, you know, I'm right down the street from Colleyville, where um, we had an incident at a synagogue just recently. And I know the churches immediately um, reached out to help. But I, I, I think Christians, you you should um, volunteer to be meat shields. Quite honestly, you don't have to bring a gun just to be a meat shield and i'd love to see churches organized to walk with people and 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 uh and stand in front of they'd have to come through you first can we please learn our lesson and can we at the beginning of this stand and be visible standing for our jewish friends please Let's not repeat the mistakes of the past. And if you think the past is just the past, you don't know the history of the holocausts that have happened through history over and over. And it begins this way. yeah,
3: I think you're 100% right. It's not only um, like, you know, I don't know, Woolworth, too. Um, there are plenty of people that come from countries that were oppressed and they come coming here for the freedom. I mean, most of our ancestors when they came to United States, they came for the poor junior pasture, and they came to escape some type of, you know, tyranny. And the more I talk to people going out there from other communities, the more I see the sentiment is the same. It's just in New York state, people are scared to talk out. Um, people are, people don't want to be judged. Just people want to be let go and live their lives and get along with the neighbors but the more i talk to people the more i see how many people are concerned about all the some altered different com- communities around it and i think for the second amendment and especially for the constitution it's something that we need to stand together hand in hand um, on no the matter of where you're from and you know which nomination you're from it's something that can affect us and as long as we have it we'll be able to practice our you know religious ever freely in this great country it's one of the only countries that guarantees it. It's in the Constitution, the Second Amendment.
1: And this is and exactly what our our founders did too. I, I'm sure you're aware of the Vine and Fig letter that um, uh, George Washington wrote to the Jewish community. We are one, and we stand together, so we can all uh, recline under the vine and fig in peace and and uh, harmony. Um, you know, it is. It's a weird thing, V, to to watch people where they know what is right, but they are paralyzed by fear. And I, I really think that comes from a lack of faith, true faith in God.
3: It definitely, 100%, but it is a different aspect that people have to understand. When I talk to people, I try to explain to them, that this country, as a people, people call it a great experiment, and if we look through the history, there's been times where America has looked dark like this, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we prevail and we pull through, but only, we only pull through if people voice their opinions and make sure our, our our politicians hear our our voices. so people shouldn't get paralyzed, and people understand have and it's okay to, to Talk out, and the different thing people people think that you need to do big things in order to to change. Mm-hmm. It's on if you fix yourself, you'll fix your children, your family, and automatically you'll have an influence on them. And then the influence goes from in and out. There's a great story I just heard from a friend of mine. who was a scientist. He was working on great projects. He wanted to fix the world. Um, you know, was constantly tweaking things in his garage and trying to come up with solutions for energy, for this and for that he had a little son who was like so proud of his dad. He wanted to help him. And once his father was sitting, like trying to figure something out and his son comes over to him and says, he said, he tells him, I want to help you fix the world. And the father's trying to like shrug him over because he's busy concentrating. The father sees a magazine with a picture of like a map of the world. He takes it, he rips it out, he gives it to his son. And then he rips it up into pieces. He tells his son, Hey, go put together this puzzle, put together the world. And he figured for sure his son will never be able to figure it out. And, to his behold, like 20 minutes later, the sun comes running in, everything scratched it together, the map of the world. He said, Ta, I fixed the world. He asked him, How are you able to figure it out? It's so complicated. You know, there's a lot of different pieces. You never saw the world, the globe as a whole. He said, Yeah, but I saw behind was a picture of a person, so I put that person together.
0: Mm.
3: So mm. people have to understand that if you work on yourself to really understand freedom and to, and to appreciate it, then automatically you'll have an influence on your family and the people around you and your neighbors. This is exactly how I started. I started off going to the range, taking down four numbers of other people in my community that are shooting, and then just evolved into a, into a club. You know, it just I wanted to know how to become a good shooter. I wanted to understand what the Second Amendment is all about.
1: Svi, i don't know if you know my history uh at all with the jewish community and my stance on israel and i have been so concerned um about what is coming uh for the jews because it just keeps repeating itself but i want you to know that my uh, audience has been prepared for these times and we stand with you i can speak for myself i stand with you and i will be a meat shield for you if need be Um, how can we help you
3: i mean right now we need to raise legal funds Um, people can go to nys jewish gun club slash donate and if you are a leader of faith in the lower hudson valley please reach out to me lawsuit at and we as Jewish Gun Club, um, meeting with, with pastors and other people from the community, and we need more people to get involved in this. It's The Second Amendment is too big for me to stand there alone. It needs to be a, a effort with everybody. And at the end of the day, if they can come for, for us, they'll come from everyone who believes in something that's higher than themselves.
1: So it is, um, what is the first, pastors, or what What did you say the, the address email address was?
3: The email address is lawsuits.
1: Lawsuits. Lawsuits at at nys com. If you're somebody uh, in New York, and uh, especially if you are a religious organization, please reach out. We have to stand together. And I so urge you, with everything in you, great and powerful blessings will come to all of us if we stand with our Jewish friends. We stand with and we stand for our Jewish friends. Please, blessings beyond your understanding will come if we do not repeat the mistakes or we at least stand up to stop the mistakes of the past. Svi, thank you so much. God bless you.
3: Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful bet. day. Bye-bye.
1: This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Carol Roth, the uh, War on Small Business author and former recovering investment banker that actually can break things down and talk and, and explain what things mean to the regular schlubs uh, of America. Welcome, Carol. How are you?
2: You know, just enjoying the Biden economy. How are you?
1: Oh, my gosh. is That party yesterday was absolutely incredible. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, it was surreal. Um, they were celebrating that the uh, interest rate is coming down. Can you explain what happened with the interest rate numbers, the CPI numbers?
2: All right, well, James Taylor was there. So we've seen fire and we've seen rain. Yeah. We saw a very hot CPI report as well yesterday. As we know, the CPI is one of the measures of inflation. It measures sort of the, the consumer uh, inflation We do know that it's understated because they have messed with it for the last, you know, several decades to underplay it. But it's still a benchmark that we use to sort of compare. Um, It was considered hot by all expectations. We knew there was going to be some decline um, in the headline number because of the sharp decline in gasoline prices. Wait, wait, wait. But
1: But could you explain why the price of gasoline is going down?
2: Sure. So before, before we uh, get to the, the, you know, the nitty gritty. So there are a couple of reasons why gasoline is coming down. Some of it was uh, our president pulling a little bit of a stunt and pulling oil out of our emergency reserves and putting it out into the market to kind of depress it. Some of it um, was artificial because the gas taxes have been on hiatus in certain locales. But the biggest reason that um, the, the gasoline prices are coming down is because the price of oil is coming down. And the biggest reason the price of oil is coming down is because the price of oil got too high. It was just pure demand destruction. There's this saying in the um, commodities market that the best cure for high prices is high prices. And that's what we saw, not only here in the United States, where people maybe decided not to take a road trip or to reroute their lives, you know, so that they're not using as much um, energy and particularly gasoline, um, but also on a global stage. Obviously, the prices are going through the roof, as we know in Europe, completely self-inflicted, but, you know, again, they're having to make those same choices. And then China, as we've discussed previously, is having a, its own issues, and particularly with parts of that country being under lockdown um, and being a top mm. consumer of oil, they weren't using it. So the demand destruction is that reason, that big reason so, um, that we had the decrease in oil and then the decrease in gasoline.
1: Just confirm that this is a, a good way to look at the words demand destruction, because you'll hear people say... Well, what we're looking for is some demand destruction in the oil prices and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that just kind of goes over people's heads. And I described it today. Every time you hear demand destruction, think, uh, put your name. So Carol Roth, your bank, uh, your bank account at, let's say, Bank of America. What they're looking for, what we're really looking for is Carol Roth's uh, bank account at Bank of America to be destroyed. So you don't have the money to go and buy the things, correct? They're looking it, at price things so crazy that you can't you can afford it.
2: Yeah, it's the outgrowth of high prices that basically Carol Roth says you know, I just, I look, I'm looking at my bank accounts, it's being destroyed and there's no way that I can go on that road trip. So I'm just not going to be one of those people in the market who is purchasing gasoline this month. I'm going to take a reprieve. I'm going to work from home. And that's, you know, that's part of the whole story of the, you know, the federal reserve, what they're trying to do to quote unquote, slow down the economy and engineer their, uh, another big, uh, uh, you know, kind of financial speak, a soft landing trying to quell inflation without tanking the economy Um, and that's their toolkit is all about demand destruction they don't want the the consumer to purchase they don't want businesses to make investments and we've already had two quarters of negative growth so if they're trying to get the economy to slow down you know what that means that means more contraction
1: okay so that's why gas is going down um, and that was really the only thing that went down right we had f- so, food prices skyrocketed
2: yeah it's it's crazy I saw a stat that they put in there that food in the house it was something like they were at the highest level since the late 1970s 79 I think mm-hmm. so we got you know hot numbers in food in shelter in medical care services you know this isn't like ancillary stuff this isn't like you know the fancy clothes right this is this is the stuff that you're you know you need to be able to live your life and it was the you know the fact that we thought maybe there were that the Lower energy prices would flow through, no pun intended, a little bit more of the economy. But it's just shown that we have a very broad base um, in terms of inflation. It's not just coming from that one pocket. It's not just Putin's fault, Glenn. Um, And, you know, that is going to take a long time to come back down to normalized levels.
1: So we have something else to add on top of it. And you can call it climate change or just a bad season or whatever. But I was talking to my aunt, who was like 85 years old yesterday. Quite a conversation. I said, anyway, uh, uh, she was canning yesterday. And she was like, there have been no peaches, no beans. She said, we planted our bean garden three times. We had a hard time finding even seeds for it. Um, there is, there, We are facing a real crisis just because the crops didn't come through. Um, And that's happening globally. You add to that all of the other problems we haven't seen. We're now just about to get into the time where we would be using this summer's crops. Correct. So food prices still have a lot way to uh, a long way to go in the up direction, don't they?
2: They do. And that's part of the issue, you know, why I'm sort of banging my head against the wall in terms of a lot of discussion points, because as we talked about the demand destruction that the Fed policy is trying to enact. Our issue is the broad-based supply issue. And as you mentioned, one of the areas that is undersupplied is food. Part of that, as you mentioned, because of weather events, um, some of that because of fertilizer shortages, some of it because of byproducts from energy that go into drying grains, some of that because of you know, war in Ukraine. But all of these things happening at the same time are creating those shortages. And again, as the consumer decides what's to substitute, they may be able to substitute to a lower cost food, but they can't substitute food. And that is going to continue to be an issue all across the globe.
1: Well, they can eat bugs. I mean, they're (laughs) supposed to be very, very tasty. So a couple of things. Um, let's let, let me start with the fed. I am, I'm reading now that the fed is going to, uh, You know, raise the rates again. But as astonishing as it seems to me that we are at these historically speaking low rates and it's going to stop the heart of the economy, they're saying now the next rate or uh, rate hike or two could just put us into a tailspin. Do you believe that?
2: I do. Um, If you go back to Janet Yellen, our quote unquote esteemed Treasury Secretary, the one who told us that inflation was going to be transitory and that they needed to get information on $600 e-commerce transactions to keep uh, the billionaires in check, Glenn. Um, Mm -hmm. She was on one of those weekend shows and she said basically that the Fed is going to need a great deal of skill and also some luck to achieve this soft landing, trying to bring bring down inflation. Without taking the economy. Well, we know on the skill side, we know that they don't have the skills. Um, you know, they were behind the curve in terms of raising the rates to begin with. They waited till we were at you know, historic 40-year highs before they even started thinking about reversing course. So obviously, we know that's probably not um, you know, the, the skill part of it. The luck part of it isn't on our side either, because they don't have the right tool set. As we've been talking about this, you know, supply side versus demand side and the demand destruction, their tool set in terms of um, raising the target interest rate, as well as potentially reducing the assets on their balance sheet, although I don't know that they're ever going to get around to that. That, again, is to destroy demand. It's to to have the consumer slow purchases. It's to have businesses slow investments. First, they have the government that's working, you know, against them on that. The the government policy is spending more. So those two things are at odds, which makes absolutely Mm -hmm. no sense. But the problem we have now isn't a demand-side issue. It's a supply-side issue. As we've been talking about, we have broad undersupply. So unless the Fed knows how to print labor, print food, print oil, print housing, they are not going to be able to solve for that, that delta, that, that distance between supply and demand without completely slowing the economy to the point that we are in a severe recession. And that is what the market is signaling, both the stock market and the bond market right now, is saying boy, we don't have the confidence that the Fed not only has the tools, but that they aren't going to put us in a worse situation. And on top of that, then you also have the global economy, um, you know, in tatters as well, which isn't a lot of, not a lot of luck. So I'm not real bullish on the skill and luck of the Fed right now.
1: So I was in, um, I was in Italy last week and just talked to people, you know, you sit at a restaurant or whatever, and we just talked to people and, um, One of the more disturbing trends uh, that I heard was, uh, you know, that that uh, things are getting really bad. And one person described it to me as the winds of revolution are sweeping Europe Um, because and, and it's fascinating. Everyone knew it was the same problem we have here. The elites are going in one direction and the people are going in another. The people are saying, give it back to us. And the elites are saying, give it all to us. And that's not going to last. And I kept hearing um, things like, we're just going to have to learn to uh, that, that the glory days of having things that you wanted and easy lives are over. Can you describe what that means? That Americans are just going to have to live a different kind of life.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's so frustrating that, you know, we have the leading economy in the world and you have all of these first world countries that really have spent time using their technology to help other countries and to help lift up human flourishing around the globe. I mean, if you think about China and what we've done in terms of the extreme poverty, they're lifting out Mm -hmm. 90% of their population from extreme poverty because they were able to trade with us and base basically suck up some of our capitalism into their, com- their communist system. Um, you know, that's what we should be doing. We should be taking that leadership, saying that we know how to do things the best way and we're going to help everybody flourish. Instead, you have these elites saying, no, you know, we want to, you to this to be a third world country and we want to be in a, a dictatorship where us at the top have our own set of rules and have all the power and you just suffer and you're going to have to suck it up. And, you know, unfortunately, there are some people who will go along with that and go, yeah, you know, crisis, we must do this. We're all in this together, kind of like what happened in COVID. Mm. But we should have learned over the last two years that they don't have our best, uh, you know, uh, outcomes that, yeah, outcomes at heart mm-hmm. and that they will do anything lie. Uh, you know, completely do anything they can to get and usurp that power, and we've already seen you know smaller uh, amounts of civil unrest, you know, in developed countries, whether it was the Freedom Convoy or in the Netherlands with the farmers, and you know you're right that this could end up becoming a, a much bigger issue, which you know if it changes the tide, you know it, in a sense may not be the worst outcome. Not that obviously I ever want to see you know any sort of violence or unrest Rest, but we need to change the tenor, and the people need to take back common sense and sanity.
1: Here, so the um, uh, the one thing that kind of makes sense to me is, um, you know, if you're if you're somebody who wants control of things, you need to control medicine. They do. They need to control education. They do, but they need to control energy. You know, I'm, I'm seeing this happening in Europe because they're ahead of us, um, and they're all they're People are going to freeze to death this winter. They will freeze to death and people won't be able to pay their power bill, which will put the energy companies into distress and they won't have the money to do it because people aren't paying their bills, et cetera, et cetera. And I just think the government will step in and say they couldn't get it done. This needs to be done by the government. And you could see the West just taking and absorbing all of our energy companies. Do you think that's a possibility? Because I think it's likely, at least in Europe.
2: I mean, so if you think about the the desire to nationalize, control, have sort of a public-private partnership, um, at least in the US, California is sort of our incubator for that, and they're starting to t- test that in a lot of different grounds. They just put forth that Fast Recovery Act, which is going to be a state council on fast food. So they are going to manage the fast food in- industry. And again, that is a step to try to nationalize these industries. Um, I, d- I definitely see Place we've already been hearing from the U.S. and abroad about things like price caps. We have a big problem in Europe in terms of the way um, they have kind of financed themselves in a potential collapse. Of you know some of the energy um, companies and utilities out there, yep. so yes, you're going to have them. The, the governments come in with a bailout, and then that they, they may use that as an excuse. Well, we're bailing them out anyway. They can't manage this. We need to take this over. So you know whether it's food, whether it's energy, whether it's any aspect of our economic freedom, these crises are their touch points. Yes. And again, self-inflicted crises, the ones that they created in order to say we created the problem, but don't look at that we're gonna
1: fix it for you uh carol will you do me a favor i i'd like to do a uh i'd like to do a special with just a group of experts that can tell the average person what's coming and and how do we deal with it i mean there it's it's so overwhelming to the average person um and and i don't think because people make it so complex because it is complex but yeah. they make it so complex that they they don't even think about breaking it down into smaller bite sizes that people can understand. So can you find a bunch of people that you really think get it that maybe could sit around in a round table and we could have yes. a conversation about all this?
2: I would I would love to. I'd be honored to, and I will be in touch.
1: Okay, good. Thank you, Carol. We'll talk again, Carol Roth. Carol Roth. Make sure that you're uh, you're following her. She is really really. Spot on. You can find her at carolroth.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hang on just a second. Who's this? It's Pat.
0: It's. Uh, I'm here in Windsor, in Westminster, uh, Windsor Castle. In Windsor Castle. At the Windsor Castle. Wait a wood.
1: minute, you were just yeah. sitting in the studio just right next to me a minute okay, ago. I don't have time to explain how I got here. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
0: okay. Just our, know that I'm here with con- the Queen
1: right now. Our continuing coverage of wall-to-wall, non-stop-till-your-eyes-bleed right. coverage mm-hmm. of the casket moving yeah. of Queen Elizabeth.
0: Uh, what they're doing right now is a kind of "Where's Waldo" sort of situation, where they they just they move moving. it so often really? that nobody really knows where the queen is. Right. Okay. It's, it's kind of creepy to be it, looking at a dead body anyway. Right. so I, Yeah. I don't so they you know just keep moving are, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just keep moving. Just
1: keep moving it. Okay. So now she's in Westminster Hall, which yes, is which is w- what exactly? I mean, I'm exact- sorry.
0: Westminster Hall. Yeah. What's
1: done there in Westminster Hall?
0: uh, This is where (laughs) they uh, make a lot of pudding. They make pudding. They make pudding. I didn't know that. And ship it directly to America. Wow. uh, For Joe Biden. Really? Uh, But I can't give the exact location. (laughs) Really? Right now, the coordinates or the precise latitude and longitude, because we are trying to keep it
1: secret. But it's somewhere there in Westminster. Westminster Now I'm looking at a picture, and there's a couple of things. First of all, I've never seen the uniform Uh uh, of the guards that. Uh, are standing there. They seem to yeah. have very large,
0: pointy hats. Those are dunce caps with a mop. <laughs> is what <laughs> those are. They no, don't, I call don't it that, but that's what they'll. That's what those are.
1: Th- those are dunce,
0: dunce caps, caps. Yes, with a mop. With a mop. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen that
0: kind very of specialized hats. The very... British are quite <laughs> proud of them. <laughs>
1: and no they only really bring them lie. out for special occasions like this but yeah like, the like this a queen. okay yeah that's why we never see because i've seen right. like the other guys they've taken those big round black hats you know those guard yeah. you know the big like those wizard are, of oz hats
0: yeah those are q-tips those are what those are q-tips they're cute though no, no. yeah where do you think the name comes from the queen the queen and uh, uh Q-tips. So if you were to say the full name of a Q-tip, it would be the queen tip.
1: Queen tip.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And that would be the top of the the guy who's protecting.
1: Huh. I didn't, I Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know that. So uh, what happens? uh, What happens next?
0: Well, Next, they're going to move her to uh, another location, which is go- also going to be secret. Okay. Uh But that's about five. I, I understand it's about five yards from where she currently resides. Really? Okay. On Monday, they're On actually Monday. going to put her uh, in a hole. They're going to put her in a hole? Yes. You mean in the ground? In the ground. In the
1: ground. Yeah, a hole in the ground. In the ground. Yes. And will she remain there?
0: Um, no. No, she no, will not. No, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be moving They'll be moving Another her. couple of weeks. <laughs> I think it's a month. I think you're going to wait a month, month a month before they, they move They her. move yeah. her again. So she will not there. stay in that location. Right. Okay. No. <laughs> 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 so a lot of people don't this know is this is this so what bad. they do with their monarchs. Uh, this is what they do. They just continually dig them up and move them to new places. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, you're that. American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
1: you are too. <laughs> That's you know. true. But the, I'm yeah. here now. You're so they're there. are telling me all this Aren't stuff. Aren't you being a little loud? I mean, it's kind of, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, those hats, I can't get past those hats. They are nice. <laughs> they are really nice.
0: <laughs> they really are Yeah, nice.
1: they're very nice. Uh, you glad you noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I'm an American. Right. Uh, oh, look at the other guy. Uh, the other guy right behind the guy with the hats, he's got like a Mary Poppins hat, you know? That's rude, Glenn. That's rude. I'm sorry, I just... Yeah, don't be making fun of it. Okay, this. you're right, you're right, don't you're right. You know, um, I will say that... Out of all of the you know figures that are public figures, mm-hmm. uh, she's probably one of the best uh, for the Western culture in the last hundred years. I mean, she's. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing people cry along the way, uh, and I probably would be too if I were English and had well, grown you'd
0: be, up. You'd be crying over the money that they've spent on her. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. How much? Uh, well, the, she had. She made ninety-eight million euros a year. Should, uh, per, me? per year, 98 million euros per year. That okay. was her salary? Yes, that was her salary. That will be Charles the third, or whatever he is. Now. Yeah. <laughs> that will be got his salary down. now.
1: You got that down. Now, yes. is that the official? It is three, you're sure? Yes,
0: yeah, okay. Charles third. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that means there's been two other Charles. <laughs> is that <laughs> is what, that, what that means? That's what I understand. Huh. Anyway. So was there Charles
1: the first, then Charles Jr.? Yes. Or is that a fast food restaurant? No, that's Carl's Jr. <coughs> right. And then there wow. was the wow. third. That, you just showed
0: how American you are. <laughs> that,
1: wow. Right, wow. right. right. Uh, so 98 million euros 98 a year was her. euros. I can't imagine taxpayers not being happy about that.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. she worked hard for that money. She worked really, really hard. She went to several different... Uh, you know how they use those big scissors to cut ribbons? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know how heavy those
1: things are. I don't. I've They're never really, never... really heavy scissors. Especially if you're 90 years old. Yeah. yeah. right. So right. she would actually cut ribbons with giant ribbons. That's what scissors. Scissors. <laughs> she did. Was that her
0: major? Gi- She'd wear the crown while she did it. And wow. So it was really super. And I hear that's heavy. It is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Weighs over 80 pounds. Uh,
1: over 80
0: pounds. Yeah, it's like those a family jewel.
1: It's like a pretty. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> Prince Andrew.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh
1: my. Uh, so so uh yeah, so she would uh she, well like where would she cut ribbons?
0: Uh like in grocery store openings. Uh yeahless shoes really? when they were open, when you they know they're open. gone now. But uh, yeah. <laughs> they still and, had location. Yeah. She cut the ribbon for the opening. So she lost a lot of gigs when they- <laughs> people are looking at me. Okay. Uh, I can't right. be the coffin. No, All it's,
1: right. yeah, it's, it's oh, we'll very appropriate. Okay, All thank right, you. Bye. From London, uh, Pat Gray joining us uh, just on our continuing non-stop coverage of the Queen's funeral. Uh, <laughs> I feel kind of bad about that, but not enough <laughs> to
0: not do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <All right. laughs> We're not making fun of her. Just no. the coverage. It's the coverage. Yeah. Well, Which and is the hats <laughs> and the hats. Yes. The hats. But that's not her. Again, she's not no. wearing the hat. Right no. Now. And what was she? As, as far as, far as do, we
1: know, say, hey, ninety-eight million euros <laughs> is too
0: much. No. 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 She's not going to
1: say that. No, no. Of course not. It's not a. It's not her <laughs> place to say that.
2: <laughs> Mm. <sighs> na 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 na